Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast. On this episode of the Microbrew, we discuss components. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. All right, guys, uh, back here for another quick microbrew uh, with the guys. And we're going to, today, we just want to talk about components, uh, maybe some of our favorite components. Um, and then we kind of want to have a little discussion um, on, on this kind of second half of the discussion as far as uh, kind of delve into what we think about uh, minis and games. Well, we'll get to that then. We'll get to get into detail uh, without later on. But I guess without uh, much further ado here, I guess let's kind of jump into a discussion about components. First off, do any of you guys have just an absolute favorite component in a game? It could be either a, a particular component or it could just be a family of components, you know, you, uh, if, you, if you like um, something in particular. Okay, I'll just go with the, with the obvious answer for me. And I love it when um, a component is integrated so well into a game uh, through its mechanics that it just feels so right, like when you're, when you're playing the game. And so uh, for me, that is the cube tower component from Shogun. Yeah. Um, it is uh, the way that you resolve combat in Shogun. And uh, the way the cube tower works, it's not like a dice tower where you roll, uh, where you drop cubes in and all of them come out the bottom. It's uh, a tower that uh, has kind of ledges in, in it that are intended to trap cubes as they fall. And then sometimes let some fall through that maybe previously didn't and so this uh uh so you'll drop when you're resolving combat you pick up all the cubes from a territory you know from both sides of the of the uh, conflict and drop them through and then what comes out the bottom is the result of that battle i, I think my favorite part of shogun i sorry to interrupt there but um is how the uh the green uh, peasant cubes working there. Yeah. They can come into play on either side, right? And like you're saying, they get caught on those little ledges. Right. And, uh, I and think so I'm going to might... feed proper Brian and I don't. And so, yeah, sometimes they'll pop out and, and if you've been nice to your peasants, they might help you. If not, they're going to help the other person. Yeah. Um, and I love how this thing kind of has a memory in it of what's happened in the game so far. It's like, if you've put a ton of cubes through this and just not a lot of yours have come out the bottom, that means there's a lot of your cubes in that tower they can pop out for you later in the game when you need them, you know, and, uh, or, or, you know, in some other battle that you might uh, feel like you're an under, uh, an underdog in, you know, it'll, it'll pop out for you there. Anyway, it's just a really, really cool. And the other thing about it is it's not a, like to resolve combat in that game is so simple uh, and quick. Like you don't have this back and forth dice rolling. Yes, but you right, have right. you have you drop the cubes through and you still get that feeling of what's going to happen that so when you when you throw so, dice what's going to happen you know the same kind of thing but it's so much faster and who would have thought like cubes in a tower can be kind of thematic and cool and and uh, the randomization because of the, the construction of the tower so it's an awesome mechanic yeah if you have yeah. not played shogun or wolfenstein or uh what was it uh Wolfenstein. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah not wolfenstein, wolfenstein being a different <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll real quickly kind of piggyback uh, off of, of something you said, um, just simply because you were talking about cubes. And I know this is going to probably sound a little odd, but I really like cubes or discs. And I and, and the reason I like them is because oftentimes I see there seems, seems to be a trend for um, more complex components. And to go, don't get me wrong. I love like 
awesome wooden wooden bits. I love the when you get games where the, the wooden bits are like the shape of like the food, right? You think of Agricola or something. Uh, so I like those. I, I like I like simpler wooden bits because I think sometimes we get games where we get these great 3D components, but then they clutter up the board, right? Where we can we can just track exactly what we have with a few cubes, a couple discs, a small piece of a small little corn meeple, right? Uh, or a little anna meeple like like in, in Agricola. And so I think sometimes we, we there's a trend towards like getting bigger components. And don't there are times where I think that's that's necessary because too many small components is fiddly. I think cubes can lean towards that. But man, I'll tell you, there's so many great euros I, I like where they have good art. And man, I've got multiple different colors of cubes, and I know exactly what I've got on the board. I know exactly what another player's got on the board, and um, it lets me read the board state very quickly, and it's easy to you know easy to sort, easy to put up. Uh, so for me, I guess maybe in a way, I, I, as much as I like those well-produced huge games, uh, there's part of me that always just kind of takes a little joy in, in buying a game that ends up having pretty minimalist components you know i mean it's good good quality but i can track everything easily through some small wooden bits you know i guess maybe that that would be my and it's maybe it's a little bit too general but yeah that's, that's one of my favorite components there well proper ryan i'd like to kind of um kind of coming off the cube tower which was is also one of my favorites and if you hadn't spoken about it i, I would have felt compelled to um this this component that i'm eager to see i'm excited about um, is on a Kickstarter. I haven't, I mean, it's, it's still live as we record this. And, um, and obviously none of us will have, have done this, but it's the cinematic combat in Dead Reckoning. And it's something I haven't played. So talking about favorite components, I think this is probably one of the more innovative components I've seen since something like the Cube Tower. And in this regard, think of that Cube Tower, think of like a dice tower per se, except for without the, the bits that... Um, that shuffle things up because we're not throwing dice in the tower. We are still throwing colored cubes. But when they come out on a tray, they come out on a printed tray. And the things printed on that tray, uh, wherever wherever that, kind of like a shuffleboard, wherever that um, uh, cube lands is the thing that happens. So if it's dealing damage, it actually has to cover up the damage spot or, or, or intersect with the damage spot on that tray. And they call this cinematic combat. So you, so the more cubes you get to throw in the tray, the more opportunities of a scenario that plays out. And what I like about this concept, I haven't played it. So, so when I say this is a favorite component, this is a, this is, this is kind of, I'm being hopeful yeah, here. When you're excited about, I'm yeah. very excited about this because what I'm, what I'm hoping is there's a story now that, that plays out because it's not always damage. Damage isn't always a story. There's only a few damaged places, but there's other things that could happen that's printed on that tray as well. And so what you get is you kind of get a, a story element. Some and it's but it's just as fast as the cube tower. You throw in a bunch of cubes all at once, and then you tell a story based on what happened. And I think that's a that's a really um, something new, something I haven't seen before in in a game with combat. I've never seen that before. So. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to play your copy of this. Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we want. We're, this isn't a commercial for I'm, Dead Reckoning, I'm, but, uh, I'm, but I'm in, going total Shucks Gambit on this. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, um, but it, but it is it is something that excited me when I saw it. I thought, is this the Cube Tower? And I thought, uh, no, this is something different, something else. You know, it's not a and and all the cubes fall out. 
so it's not it's it's not the cube tower at all and i thought wow this is something new something i haven't seen before and i haven't been excited about a component in a while in a new component in a while so it was kind of cool that's very cool yeah you have been excited about this so you got you've piqued my interest too right well shuck how about you so Okay, I'm gonna cheat because I had something I was going to talk about. And now all of a okay, sudden, I've yeah. decided to change that. Change it at the last minute. Um, well, I'll talk about the one that I just thought of here. Uh, I think my favorite component, like as far as uh, like in-game mechanism wise, is probably something like Scythe, where you have the first of all the your your board has inset areas where your your cubes fit and everything, so that you know they don't move off the board but also my my favorite part is where you take something off to to use somewhere else but then you also get some sort of benefit out of it i think that is a really cool uh piece used in a mechanism um that's just i don't see that a whole lot of it other than you know jamie's dagmire uh doing very much i mean it i really like like multi-use right so use a component Uh, to track yeah, uh, a stat at one point, but once it's unlocked, then it goes on the board. Yeah, and similarly, I like multi-use cards, so yeah. I guess that makes sense. Where you have a card that you can use in two or three different ways. Yeah. I also like that. Uh, what I was going to come tonight and talk about, though, is probably my my favorite piece of all board gaming. It's nostalgic to me because it was the one that was in the first game that I played that got me into the hobby. And it may be kind of boring, but I think the meeple itself is kind Ode of to the meeple. my favorite. Just the little it it reminds me of Carcassonne, uh, which, like I said, got me into it. But what what I also like about the meeple is there's so many realms opposite to what Gary said. I like something a little bit more than just a cube. I want something that uh, represents what I'm using in the game, as opposed to just the color. And even though I don't play with a lot of colorblind people, it also helps with those kinds of things as well. But I, I just there's so many so much room to grow from game to game. Uh, like Root has amazing oh, little meeples for each of their characters. Those kidding. are so cool yeah. looking, and they're so yeah. simple. And, and so like, it, it, even though like obviously the original meeple, but just the flexibility and creativity that you can go in with what you can do with a, a wooden piece of you know material is just yeah. really cool to me. I I don't know. I like it. I always look forward to the new pieces and parts that games can come out with with that like with the playoff that like of meeple and, and i do agree with you like you look at like a game like root or something like what you're talking about with the custom meeple and it's usually pretty easy to read right that that's obviously shark's army because they're they're i don't know orange and foxes or whatever whatever's in you know root um so yeah i definitely think it's the readability is is i guess that's where i'm coming at is like the I don't want my pieces to get so fancy that it gets in the way of the gameplay, right? And so what you're the meeples like you're talking about, I think generally speaking, that if they uh, enhance, I will say this real quick: man, they did all, enhance the pub. The meeple did enhance the pub. Otherwise, we'd be the the the, the pub cube. We'd be pub people. <laughs> pub people. Sorry, that was yeah. that pub was a cube? stretch. Yeah. I was really trying to get pub, us in there, but pub, anyway, go ahead. Sorry, train the What are we gonna? No. <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. It's all right. What I was saying is uh, kind of going into like the readability element uh, or, or just like the simplification element, um, you know, and I know it's kind of that conversation that you see online all the time. Like 
and we all love minis. I like minis. I like mini games, but I just was going to get you. I wanted your take on, um, on minis. Do minis, I mean, aside from, let's say like your war game that like works really great with minis, right? I got a mini for each unit or whatnot. Do minis for you enhance the gameplay, you know, majority of the time, or, or is it, you know, is that something you're, you're cool with all the minis I can't have all the minis all the time, or, or do you fall, you know, do you not like minis or do you fall somewhere in between there? I just kind of want to kind of do a real quick poll, see where we all stand on that. I can usually resist very cool looking minis. That was not the case on the Marvel United <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. That just happened. No, yeah. Those are cool chibi <laughs> Marvel minis. I, I will say the game has to be a pretty decent game before I will look at or let the minis convince me to buy it. But they make a deciding factor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I, minis. minis look cool. I, I like them, but I don't know. I, I think where I fall. And I, I kind of want to, I want your take on this a little bit. Uh, and you mentioned something before we started recording, uh, just Brian. We we play, you know, we've talked multiple times about playing Gloomhaven together and using standees. Those standees have some information on them, right? They have initiative number and and, and whatnot, or initiative order, um, you know, whatnot. I think there's something to be said uh, for a, a good standee, if it's done right. It's not a cheap looking standee. Uh, that that also conveys information, and the way right. we play Gloomhaven, you, you uh, 3D printed some, in. some custom what would you call them, little sleds to put the minis in, and they hold dice that are hit points. I'm sorry, not the minis in. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> to put the standees in, <laughs> and so actually to the point that when I picked up Jaws of the, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, I mentioned to some other friends that we were in a, a group conversation. They were asking me about finding it at Target, and I made a comment of like, oh, I opened the box and it looks great but I'm going to miss the uh, 3D printed pieces that my friend Brian plays with. And I have another, another friend, Brian, that has a 3D printer, and he picked up a copy, came in the same day, and he goes, oh, really? Where did you find those? We found some on Thingverse. And next thing I know, a couple of days later, he drops by, by a bag, you know, just as a thanks, I guess, for telling him about them. And so yes, um, those are actually more – they help the gameplay more than a mini would, right? If we had minis for all our, our bad guys, that would be great – but we'd have to have some sort of base or something that, that, that then gave us that information. By looking at, every, at those standees, I can see their hit points. I can see what order they're going to attack in uh, when their initiative number comes up. I can see um, whether they're elite or not. You know? So it, to me, in that, aspect, in that game, the, I'd rather have the standees than the minis. And, and I'm sure the minis would be amazing and and, and great but so i yeah so i'm i'm, I'm a little torn there because you know part of me likes cool right the cool factor of minis but uh, what are your thoughts on that well okay so you're talking to a guy who has um and i don't have a lot in terms of people who who collect miniature games or games especially like war games yeah. but for a guy who's not a war gamer who doesn't delve in any war game kind of thing I, I still have almost 600 miniatures that i'm i'm planning on painting plus others i don't plan on painting and um and so I do like miniatures. However, I'll say this, and it's something that Rick Perez and I was talking about when um, his, his Kickstarter went out. The, the miniatures don't always add to the game, especially when the game is not designed around them. And in his yeah. case, the, the game was designed around standees. And the miniatures were really just kind of a fluff 
or kind of a an icing on the cake to maybe get more backers. And it's something that um, he didn't have any control over to, to Rick's credit. And, and I'm not going to make this a thing where we're like gossiping or talking about. I mean, there, there was there's a lot of things in play. But uh, to to Rick's credit, he told me he's like, this is a barrier for. Um, production. This is a barrier for yeah. I mean, it, it raises the cost if Makes it ever sense. goes to retail. And and the thing that stood out to me, I think I think this was even in in a podcast that he said is it wasn't necessary. And that was a big thing for me. Like when he when he mentioned that to me, I started thinking about that. Like like is this a necessary component or is a game still fun without it? Can we can we kind of detach ourselves from a little bit of you know miniature obsession and ask ourselves is this game not just fun but do we feel like we're missing something? And I played so many games of standees where I've never felt I've missed a thing in the game itself. And I I, I honestly I like standees now. I think that because of that conversation, I'm I'm, I'm almost uh, I'm, I'm kind of sympathetic more to playing with standees and that kind of thing. What was the game you were suggesting, uh, Shuck? You were talking about uh, the the Guardians Explorer, right? Yeah, Guardians Explorer have uh, fantastic standees. They're good quality. They have they're even cut out to the shape uh, of the 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 person, not just just you know like a like a a, a rectangle with yeah. a printed picture on it. And they were they're also a good thickness, similar to like uh, King of Tokyo. Like I mean. Oh, there's another good one. Those yeah. you don't you don't need you don't need. None of us play uh, King of 3D Tokyo print. with 3D printed. Well, I think maybe you do. But yeah, that's none of us not do. necessary. Well, here's here's one more thought to add to this conversation. If King and King of Tokyo is a great example, King of Tokyo, what is the re, the MSRP on that? Like thirty dollars, twenty five dollars? I'll look it up. Twenty five. Okay. 30, if it's twenty, let's just say it's twenty five dollars. Like you can go into your Barnes and Noble, your Target probably even your walmart get it for 25 dollars or less right if it has minis it's probably a 45 dollar game is it worth it at 45 dollars i mean i like king of tokyo but i'd really have to consider whether i wanted to spend 45 dollars on king of tokyo is you know for what i'm getting out of it game but 25 dollars, i'll recommend that game i've recommended it to many people when they say hey my kids like want to play some other board games king of tokyo my first ones that comes over my mouth but if it was 45 dollars, i'd be less likely to do that so it, tying into what Rick was talking about, man, if, if you can produce that, if, if I can get a great game for $35, no minis, but it's $60 or $55 of minis, I'm really going to second guess myself. You know, like, yeah, do I want to buy the, the mini version? Um, so have, have, has, has anyone else kind of ever been in that um, kind of quandary there? Like maybe you're looking at a Kickstarter and there's the, the regular pledge and the deluxe pledge has all these minis or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get a heck of a game for $50. Do I really need to pledge another 30, right? Has anyone ever been in that situation? Yeah, I, I unfortunately I did that. Uh, the Quest Kids, it's a it's like a kid version of a, a dungeon crawler. Yeah. For like an extra, I can't remember what it was, 10, 15, 20 dollars. Like you could upgrade the standees for uh, you know, these nice big chunky uh, miniatures. Uh, and I went ahead and did it because I thought for the kids that they would like to play with the big chunky miniatures. And it, but I mean, that was, I thought about it. I almost didn't do it just because it wasn't necessary. Yeah. yeah. For me, I get the appeal of miniatures and really nice components in a game. Um, but I don't think for me, I don't, I don't think I've ever made a decision to 
buy a game solely based on the miniatures or components. I didn't look at a game on Kickstarter and go, oh man, that has really nice miniatures. I'm going to back it. You know, it was always a, the game first and yeah. the, the components second. Um, always. I think there's a real, there's, there's a very nice medium space you can come to with having really nice components um, and not needing I think we've we've said it. We've all said it. It's like, does the game need this? Uh, does it even function well with you know if it has like these you know giant minis in it? Do they get in the way? Do they? Uh, does a, a miniature like uh, uh, y'all were talking about Gloomhaven and having the stats on there? Um, and uh, I did want to mention though uh, a game that does that really well with miniatures, and that's X Wing. Um, oh, it has yeah, it has a miniature and uh, the base situation, um, uh, but like that. Oh man, that game does. Yeah. Some some games just kind of uh, they they call for that for for a miniature. Yeah. It's like I'm oh, not playing X-wing with cardboard. Yeah. No, but there there's but there's way more games that don't, and uh, it's definitely not a piece of the decision for me of, of if I'm backing a game or not, it's, it's like, Oh, that's, it has a, a, a really nice miniature in there and it would work well, well with a game. That's cool. I'll, I'll do that. Like uh, anachrony has these pretty big minis in them, but they kind of serve a cool. purpose. They kind of serve a purpose in the game. Uh, it, they work better actually than the, just the cardboard pieces that uh, come in the base game. So in that, in that way, it kind of enhances the play yeah. and doesn't get in the way, but, and, and you know, I, I'm a I'm someone who enjoys. I've I've assembled a few minis like from like uh, Games Workshop for a few of their smaller games. Or uh, you know, I, I don't play like they're they're big. I don't play 40k or they're big war games. But I've I've assembled some minis and painted a few. I love that. I love that. And that's almost a side hobby on its own. But um, man, I I have a friend, and I know I've mentioned him on the podcast before. Uh, Greg Lewis Qualls. He's he's a friend of the podcast, and um, he had actually he had actually found where um, with some of their games, like uh, one, the one I think of the most is one called uh, assassin Orm execution force. It's like a $120 game. He found online where some guy on eBay bought the game for the minis was selling the components, like really high quality cardboard map and, and, and tiles and, and, and all the cardboard bits for like 25 bucks, 30 bucks. So he buys that. He has a lot of his old minis. I think one of our, one of our uh, assassins was Hulk from like a, a, a Marvel game, but yeah. it, it didn't matter. Like we, we proxy these other minis and then we use cardboard bits for some of the other things. I had a blast playing the game. And so I think that that was a turning point for me and that I realized as much as I like the minis and I kind of want the minis that maybe kind of come with the game, a lot of fun could be had just proxying things, having, having kind of fun like that. And that sometimes those cardboard tokens were still really great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I remember getting a, um, uh, imperial assault expansion that had bubble fett on the cover and then bubble fett was in the box and i was like what is this crap you know i gotta go, let me go buy a bubble fett mini for ten dollars and, and and that game it works and i think it, it's great i don't i don't want the token but oftentimes i i, I do agree with you like it's got to be game first right or you know it makes sense for certain games like an imperial assault yeah man it makes sense for it so i, I don't i don't i just don't know where that so line is man well, I mean, some some other games um, like Summoner Wars uses cards. Yeah, it's uh, a great game, which has a lot of information on it. Now it does take up space, so like a, a map's going to be bigger, and yeah. the areas for them to move are going to be a little bigger. Um, 
but but what about like small world they have little tiles and tokens those could very well be nice. yeah i think they work very well as little tiles and they have a little bit of information on them well and, and uh, you couldn't stack them you couldn't stack like you can i mean so therefore mechanically you can uh small world works better with with cardboard right well, it would look if you it did, if you did um small world with minis, it would look like uh, Mission Red Planet or Risk, you know, with the with yeah or Risk. It'd be it'd be tiny minis, and you just dump them all in the same little area. But oh my gosh, how many how many different molds of minis would they have to make yeah. for Small World? I mean, it's a ridiculous pretty, amount. As a as opposed to artwork, again, it's a it's a an, a monetary decision for the company. Yeah. yeah, that one's yeah, smart not to better. use minis. In fact, uh, yeah, that was... The, yeah. And the fact that you could put good artwork on top of it still gives you the immersion that you that you need. So You pay the artist to draw a goblin and then pay the whatever agreement you, you, you come up with, you know, for... I don't know if there's... If the number of components in the game is it's a factor, but whatever it is, you pay for that one piece, right? You pay for that goblin. We're going to use it on multiple things. Boom, there you go. Yeah, from a financial standpoint, a manufacturing standpoint. I think of uh, the Heroes of Normandy system uh, or Heroes of Blackreach. Those tiles, it feels like you're playing, uh, you are playing a war game that could be played with minis, but those tiles tell you so much. I can look at my tile and my opponent's tile. I know their strength, their movement. I know what special abilities they have. So within a couple seconds, I've got all sorts of information just scanning a tile. Would I have it if I had minis? No, I'd have to ask you to look at your card, right? Can I see that right. card for this, uh, you know, this orc unit or for that Soviet unit? So I think, um, while I mean, I love a good mini. Uh, I think if if I had my preference, I, I I just want I just want a good game, good playable game. And yeah. If the standee yeah. or the cardboard token gives me um, like like small world, man, I I don't think I'd play small world with a hundred minis. You know, even a block. Yeah, even a block and a block warfare game yeah. has all this information on it. It has a purpose to to give you a fog of war aspect, and so there's there's several aspects that it serves a purpose. That if you if you played Orson Scott cards, you know, uh, you know, War for Boys game with with miniatures and measuring tapes, you don't get the same experience. And so, so it sounds like what we're what we're saying is is that when a game is produced like the producer needs to, you know, the, the publisher needs to put the thought into what's the best component for this. Yeah. For this situation. Right. Right. Oftentimes, however, it's, it's, we need to have many, especially in a Kickstarter world, right? We need to have minis. If we have minis, we will, we will somehow, you know, build up a hype and, and get a bunch of sales. When in fact, I think the opposite may, I mean, yep. You might get the, the, the pledges you you're asking for but the cost and the the development is and, the and production the is headache. so yeah. much higher uh, yeah let's see for a company like um the ones that i've backed mostly are cool mini uh, or not yeah the the company is based on miniatures um and what they do is they end up developing a game so that they can include miniatures it may be a little different than for them financially yeah they start with a miniature because, in mind yeah and develop yeah. a game around the and, miniature and, and their right. model works for them i mean it and and, and they're one of the best best around at it you know um but yeah i i think you guys make a good point that um let's let's kind of look at i think you have to look at like what the price point is because i definitely have seen games that i was like man that looks really cool but i'm not going to pay 60 bucks for it you know like it's a $30 game, you know, um, I think uh, something kind of uh, from our, from our uh, last episode, 
um, I recommended a game called uh, The Climbers, and I think it's a really great game, but it's kind of harder to pay 45, 40 or $45 for a game that I really think the gameplay is like at a $25 or $30 level. But, I mean, it's got these cool chunky wooden blocks. It's not minis, but, um, you know, I went ahead and just did it, cause, and I really liked the game, but it's made it a little harder to recommend it a couple of times where it's like, man, you know, it's really a game that you should be able to pick up for 20 or $25. I mean, as far as for what you get gameplay wise, but man, it, it's, it's kind of got cool wooden pieces. So now we gotta, yeah. we gotta raise the price. Right. And I think there's, there's a real, um, you know, threat that maybe that game doesn't get, you don't sell as many copies because of that. Well, I have a question for you, Gary. If, if Hanabi had firework miniatures, would you buy it? Oh, oh man. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can put lipstick on a pig, but I mean it's still a pig, right? So, I, mean, I know I can see I can see proper Brown's face. And I didn't mean to offend you here. We we, uh, we had to go there, you know. But I mean, yeah, if, if I had a firework miniatures, um, yeah, I would just I would complain about the firework miniatures, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's a good mm. one, yeah. No comment. <laughs> well. Does anyone else have anything we want to add in or, or, or we kind of, uh, do you think we've kind of, at least for microbrew, we kind of uh, discussed, kind of exhausted the topic here. I'm out of beer. Yeah, so yeah, that's okay. it for me. Well, well let's go ahead. And we, we may revisit this uh, or revisit components again at some point in the future, but Hey, thanks guys for getting together for another qu- quick microbrew. Uh, I always enjoy chatting with you guys. And uh, I guess uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the Bub Meeple podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like, and subscribe share with your friends you can find us on instagram youtube and twitter at pubmeeple.com our website www.pubmeeple.com home to the board game ranking engine and always remember support your local breweries i thought of something i was going to mention and then you can ask your question so is our new sand timer component a bottle of beer and when it's out our podcast is over. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs>